everybody i wanted to come live on facebook because yesterday i went live on instagram and i recorded a new episode of get up time podcast which has been out for almost 24 hours now if you haven't already checked it out it's called relaunch because i am relaunching my podcast get up 10 and it is available on all major platforms where podcasts are available however i will admit yesterday when i was recording i wasn't i didn't really have like a solid list of what i was going to talk about i kind of just wanted to let god guide me as to what i said but i knew that as part of my relaunching of my podcast i really wanted to share my testimony because i feel like as believers we at least me first i'll speak for myself like i don't share my testimony enough and our testimonies are so powerful like literally they are weapons against the enemy and also when you tell your story your story matters and somebody needs to hear it your story has the ability to set somebody free to help somebody out to give them understanding so it's so important to share your story and so i wanted to take time to share my story share my testimony and give god some glory and honor and praise because he's so worthy and he's really brought me through so much and i would be remiss not to share about it so i attempted to share my testimony yesterday and i didn't really sit and like plan it out what i was all that i was going to say because i think my testimony spans pretty much my whole life you know and if, i feel like if you're being honest you can look back and see god's hands on your life from a very early age or whatever a very young age because i mean the bible says like before i formed you in your mother's womb i knew you so i mean god's hands if you're god's hands have been on your life from the beginning literally so anyways i wanted to share my testimony but I did not take time to like sit and really organize my thoughts. Um, I kind of just went off of memory and I pulled out my old journal, which I have again today. And uh, because I do have some notes in here about some of the things that I went through, because I feel like I have a tendency to, for the past three years, which has marked not only me becoming a mother, but also me leaving an abusive relationship and so I feel like I have talked about that plenty. At least it feels that way to me. Like, oh, I'm a domestic violence survivor. I've survived abuse. I feel like I say that. But when I say that, I feel like I leave out all of the things that have happened in my life before 2020, which was definitely a bunch of things and great things. And so I, so yesterday when I was telling my testimony and I got up to the point of me being in an abusive relationship, I kind of was just like, oh, I've talked about this before. And if you want to hear more about it, you can look through my social media. You can go on my podcast. I've talked about it. And then I realized last night as I was reflecting that in me doing that, I did not talk about major pivotal points in my faith and my walk with the Lord that happened after the abusive relationship that's honestly really important so i was like i'm gonna come on facebook show y'all some love come on here today since i was on instagram yesterday and talk about those things that i feel like i left out but i do also want to give the complete picture so i will go back and mention some of the things that i said yesterday on instagram and um that's on my podcast as well if you didn't listen yet so I was talking about my testimony and how I feel like my story starts at a very young age. Um, I feel like my testimony 
in my life story is very much tied to purity and because of that i gave the disclaimer because i know that when people hear purity when people hear like um about is it abstaining yeah abstinent yeah abstaining <laughs> i think that's the right word there's two words i can't remember that one right now uh, anyways, waiting to have sex until marriage. When people hear those things, it's kind of like a turnoff, especially in today's hypersexual culture. It's very much like, oh, like, why are you talking about that? However, if you are a believer, I believe that these conversations are very important and they're not always had in the best way throughout the church's history. Um, I think purity is tied to a lot of shame and just a lot of like, don't have sex until you're married and that's it don't think about it don't do it don't da, 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 da. and then we don't really talk about what purity is and purity is so important it's all up in the bible you know creating me a pure heart and talks about how those who are pure in heart will see god and god loves purity and so i feel like i really want to bring some new light to purity because it's so beautiful it's so important and it's more than just sex it's really like a lifestyle it really is about being who god created you to be unfiltered uncontaminated unencumbered by all these things that life come and people come to throw on us and put on us so anyways with that being said um i feel like there was an attack on my purity and my innocence at a very young age and i feel like a lot of people could relate to this because my brother and i we were introduced to pornography at a very young age uh, i think we were, were in middle school and i was saying how that introduction as a woman it made me feel like like because my innocence had been shattered in a way i felt like when it came to the opposite sex i had to prove to them that like i knew something i knew how to do something like i knew a thing or two and i was saying how anytime that you are in a relationship where you have to you feel like you have to prove yourself that's a red flag stop trying to prove yourself to people <laughs> but i was saying how in my with my young mind and my immaturity i didn't know that yet and so i feel like with that first guy in the eighth grade it really just set this tone or whatever for like a downward spiral that came into like pleasing my partners at the time and how one thing would lead to another and how it would start off with kissing and then over the years as different guys came along more and more would happen and i was like tiptoeing around having sex but i was doing like everything but having sex and i rationalized in my young mind that it was okay because i wasn't having sex but i was doing all these other things and so i just now i don't agree with how i was thinking back then but that's how i was thinking and one thing led to another and another thing that happened was that in high school uh this guy so one thing i shared yesterday that i really liked was how i would go into these relationships looking for love right because i've always wanted to be somebody's wife as long as I can remember. I've always loved love. So I would go into relationships looking for love and these guys would come into the relationship with lust and it was a disconnect and it ended up having, I ended up with my heart broken time after time because I was looking for something that they were not capable of giving to me at the time. But I didn't know all that. <laughs> and so I remember in high school, um, this guy told me like, your virginity is not gonna last past college. And I was 
I always say how the woman that I am now, I would have been like, the devil is a liar. Like, you're not about to speak that over my life because now I know that I have the power and authority to come against any words or curses or anything that somebody might try to put on me. I can come out of agreement with it. I don't have to accept it. But I didn't know that at the time. So I just, re it really just bothered me, you know? And unfortunately, his words did come true. And I did end up losing my virginity in college. And real quick, like I got to college, college starts in the end of August. I was in a relationship by the beginning of October, I think, or something like that. Like October, I was in a relationship. Wasted no time getting into a relationship. Cause I was just like, oh, let me have my first big girl relationship. And so within that relationship, I ended up losing my virginity. And I was just in so much inner conflict, inner turmoil, because as a result of me now being sexually active, my mom, because I tell my mom everything, <laughs> there's my mom and I are really close. There's nothing I can't tell that woman. So as a result of me being sexually active, my mom was like, you're not about to get pregnant while you're away at college. We're not doing that to your father. So my mom took me to get on birth control and I remember being up in that doctor's office in tears because I was just so conflicted, so sad because on one hand, I was like, you don't understand doctor, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be having sex before marriage so I shouldn't even need to be on birth control. But on the other hand, I knew full well like I'm not about to stop having sex. So it was just like the conflict of the two thoughts or whatever and it was hard for me um so that happened and then i would say after that i just continued in this cycle of getting into relationships with again people who were not able to give me all that i was needing or desiring I, I kept ending up in relationships where people would look at me like why are you with him like he's not on your level like he ain't the one but i was just like no like i'm in love like you know like this is gonna be fine it's gonna work out we're gonna grow together <laughs> i would just make all the excuses in the world instead of stop it took me a long time before i just stopped and was like why do i keep getting into these relationships what do i actually want from a relationship um what do i need from a relationship i never really took the time to do that until i was about 21 i think and even then be being 21 and sitting down and taking time to think over my values and what I want in a relationship, um, even though I was able to identify all of that, I didn't stay true to it. So after a really angry season, so okay, I can't, I feel like I should talk about that more. I can't just say an angry season. So, and this is another part of my testimony and who I am because uh, I shared how growing up, I saw my family's finances kind of like dwindle, I guess you could say, or not be there. I don't know how you want to say it. <laughs> like we were never poor, but um, so growing up in middle school, I we would go on family vacations like every single year. And, you know, as a kid, like Christmas is that day. OK, you're looking forward to it. You can't wait to see what's under the tree. So I went from going on vacation every single year to we stopped doing that. Christmas really became about family because there was nothing under the tree because my parents just couldn't afford it. Uh, there was times where like our tuition, so we all went to private school, was like paid 
late or not paid and so there would be things that would happen because of that and i feel like it, as a young as a kid because i have a different perspective now but as a kid that stuff all made me really angry because i was like why are my why can't my parents provide like why are we in these issues like these financial issues my parents are not dumb people they're very intelligent so why is it that we're still struggling financially i just couldn't make sense of it and so instead of being grateful for all that i did have i became angry but what the enemy meant for evil god still used for good so even though the enemy wanted me to become angry and bitter and mad at my parents uh, at the same time because i saw the financial struggles around me it pushed me to look into financial literacy to look into credit to look into wealth building to really value those things for myself because i knew that i wanted to do things differently i wanted to see a better reality for myself and my family in the future and so i always say like if you don't really know me and if you've been following me over the years you might see some of my posts about wealth or money and you might say like oh she's so materialistic like she's all about the money but i'm not it's just because i know that when i become a wealthy woman when i become a multimillionaire, when god puts money in my hands things are going to change like there's so much that i'll be able to do not only for myself not only for my family but for other people like i have such huge plans to be a blessing because i believe that we're put on this earth as a solution to be a blessing so that's why i'm so crazy about getting money and building wealth because i really i have plans and i want to make other people's lives better so i just have to say that that's where it comes from but anyways at the time i was really angry about the financial uh hardships that my family was experiencing and that anger because it also affected me in the way that when i graduated i had a car in college and then my lease was up we had to return the car and then because of the finances i couldn't get a new car so here i am college grad no whip and I'm from the suburbs, so I, a car is really important, <laughs> okay? I can't just be hopping on the bus and walking around. I'm not going to get far. Anyway, so I was upset that I didn't have a car. But even though I was angry, I was still spending time with God in that season. So anyways, oh wait, no, I just remembered. Before I continue talking about how I got into an abusive relationship, uh, I want to go back and talk about one moment that was really important in my first relationship where I lost my virginity and a few months later, I would say a couple months later, my brother ends up sending me a YouTube video from a pastor and he's talking about God's purpose for virginity and sex and intimacy. And I was so convicted because I was like, I messed up God's plan. Like God had this beautiful vision and I decided to do things my way and I missed out on God's plan for intimacy and virginity. And I was grieved and I was sad and I told myself, like, I gotta stop having sex outside of marriage. However, I didn't properly communicate that to my partner at the time. And so it just led to, uh, I guess, like, contention or, is that the right word? I don't even know. It led to conflict in the relationship because he's like, why should you just stop having sex with me? Like, she getting it for somewhere else. I'm not good enough. When really, I just didn't communicate properly for whatever reason at the time. But that kind of like lit a light in me said something i don't know it woke something up in me that was like i need to do things god's way like I, if you know better do better and i wasn't doing better at the time so i remember after that relationship i 
redetermined that like I'm gonna wait until marriage to have sex and at that time the wait by <laughs> Devon Franklin and Megan Good <laughs> was the popular book on campus and I read that and I was like yeah like I want what God wants for me I'm gonna wait like that was really what I wanted but for whatever reason I would keep getting into relationships with people who would say they were willing to wait but they were just saying that their actions were saying something else that wasn't really what they actually wanted. They were just saying that because I wanted to hear it. So I kept getting into these trash relationships, which I talk about in my book, Thrive, which will be coming out soon. I do have to finish editing it, but anyways. Okay, now we can fast back forward to me graduating college and being angry. And so then I get into a relationship and I, looking back, I realized that because I was in a season where I was hurt and I was angry, I attracted someone who was angry as well. I attracted a, definitely attracted an angry person. And so that's how I end up in this abusive relationship, which it wasn't, it's not very abusive at first. In the beginning, everything is good. I will say in the beginning, there was definitely some flags and I'm not gonna talk about the relationship too much because I feel like I've done that before. And also it's in my book. But I get into this abusive relationship and I end up, again, like giving it up to this guy real quick, <laughs> way too quick. And in my mind, I was just like, oh, well, we're gonna get married anyways, so it's fine. And you know, since we're gonna get married, why don't we just have a baby anyways? I really wanna have a baby. Um, so that's how that happens. And so fast forward to while I am in, actually, I don't want to fast forward. So we were, we were doing uh, premarital counseling and we did have a counselor within our marriage. And I remember my counselor would, he would like make kind of indirect comments about like, like you should, like, you sure you talk to God about this? You want to talk to God about this? And I was like, why is he bringing up my faith? Like, um, like. I don't understand because he wasn't being direct about it but he was i felt like he was making little comments to tell me like hey sis like you might want to reconsider this relationship but at the time i was like why is he bringing up my faith like me and god are good i'm praying talking to god all the time like me and god are good even though i was definitely out here in an unhealthy relationship having premarital sex all of that i was like me and god are good <laughs> um so i remember while i was in my abusive relationship I wanted nothing more than to be a God-fearing wife. And so even when we would argue, I would remove myself. I would go pray for him. Um, I was reading, what's that called? The Power of a Praying Wife. And I just looked because I have Power of a Praying Parent next to me. Uh, I was reading The Power of a Praying Wife. I was listening to, like, I think it's called Love and Respect. I don't know. I wanted nothing more than to be a God-fearing wife. Even though my husband wasn't acting like a God-fearing man, I still want to do my part and act like a God-fearing wife because... I saw that example set in marriages around me. And so I knew that even if my husband was acting up as a good wife, I still gotta be right with me and God and really go to God about what's going on in my marriage. So we would argue, I would still pray and talk to God. And uh, when we would have our arguments, I have never felt so much rage in my life as when I was in my abusive marriage. Um, I felt rage on the regular and it was very alarming to me because I'm not an angry person but in this particular environment because remember 
when I met him, I was angry and I attracted an angry person. So oof, it's crazy what happens when you are in a relationship with the wrong person and what comes along with that. Because you might be all right, but when you get into a relationship with somebody who comes with a lot, and I'm not talking about a lot in a good way, I'm talking about a lot of baggage, a lot of crap, a lot of mess. Um, and even, I mean like spiritually, emotionally, mentally, when that person is a mess and you join as one with them, you get together with them, whatever is on them comes off on you. And so I found myself uh, rage, in rage on the regular. I found myself having anxiety attacks and I'm not an anxious person. But because of the person that I was in relationship with, whatever was on him was coming on me too. Because relationships are so spiritual. And I didn't see that then, but I could say that now. So anyways, um, found myself really mad a lot. And I would just go to God. I would put my worship music on because that's the only thing that could really bring, my, bring me peace while I was in the midst of that chaos. Um, so when I left my marriage... That made me turn to God because I was like, God, I need I need your guidance here. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to get divorced at first. I just was like, okay, this is an abusive marriage. However, it is a marriage and God hates divorce. And so I had to really spend time with God in that season to process what was going on. What is God's will for me? Um, do I have the green light to leave this marriage does he want me to stay in this marriage and also just because coming out of an abusive relationship i was so broken and i needed healing and what i shared i forgot to share this but i'll share it with you now <laughs> was that when i was in college after my first relationship i got into another relationship and that was one of my biggest heartbreaks ever and i was so hurt over this guy because i really loved him and I was so heartbroken that I was like, all right, God, I've grown up a Christian. I've grown up in Christian schools. Um, I've gone to church for a majority of my life. So if all this stuff that I've learned about you is true, if you're really a healer, if you really take care of broken hearts, if you really bring peace, if you really bring rest, I need you to show me that now. And he did. He healed my broken heart in that season. And that was another pivotal moment in my testimony in my faith because I was like oh like he is who he says he is um and so fast forward to coming out of an abusive marriage and being broken I was like okay God I know you can heal a broken heart so I need you to help me I need you to give me guidance because now I also have a daughter and I need to figure out how I'm going to bounce back from this, how I'm going to get back right, how I'm going to fix things. Because literally when I left um, my daughter's father, I had like, my, my bank account was probably in the negative. I had nothing. I didn't even have a job because I was working in North Carolina. And then I left North Carolina to move back in with my family in New York with a newborn. So I'm like, all right, God, like, I'm going to need you to help me out here because this wasn't my plan, but we have to keep moving forward. And I also want to mention, as long as I'm talking about my testimony and what God has brought me through, um, while I was pregnant, I was definitely suicidal because I was so miserable in my relationship, in my marriage. It was so painful to me that I just felt like it would be easier to be dead than alive. However, I really am convinced that the only reason I didn't try to take my life while I was in that chaotic, dark 
relationship and chapter of my life was because I would not do that to my baby girl. I knew that I had a baby in my womb that I, if I take my life, I am possibly taking her life. And that's not fair to her. So I really feel like that's the only reason that I didn't take my life. But I know what it's like to be in a dark place. I know what it's like to contemplate. You know, should I really stay alive right now? I know what that's like. I've been there. So I get out of my relationship. I'm spending time with God because I need his direction. My life is in shambles. And I definitely, it was hard, but I realized this is one thing that's really cool. Uh, I'm a big advocate for journaling. I've been journaling since 2017, 2018. And I'm really excited because in a couple of days, I'll be releasing my own journal that I created for you guys. Um, so I'm really a big advocate of journaling. It's amazing what you'll see when you open up a journal and you look back on what you what you were stressing over at the time, what was worrying you at the time, what were you into at the time. It's crazy. And part of my story of how I felt like I had peace about getting divorced was that I looked back on my inner journal. I was taking notes from an event I was attending virtually at the time. And I felt like God had already given me the answers that I was looking for in advance in my journal. And it was beautiful. So I made up in my mind that I was going to have to get divorced. And that would be my story. I'd be a 23-year-old getting divorced, which at the time that seemed wild to me. But now I can say that there's actually a lot of people who get divorced young. And we just never, they just never talk about it or it doesn't come up because they can move on with their life. And so it's crazy, but... It happens. People get married young, people get divorced young. So if you're listening to this and you, for whatever reason, are facing a divorce and you're young, I want you to know that there's hope for you and there's still so much to your story. So anyways, I settled in my mind that I was going to be getting divorced young, even though I didn't want to. I've always desired and valued marriage. I knew that that had to be my reality. And I would say from the time, from that time, from 2020 to now, God has just done so much in my life and I can't even tell it all because it's just so much. But just to give you guys piece, bits and pieces, because if I sat here and talked about all that God has done for me and my faith uh, over these past three years, I think we'd be here for another two hours easily. <laughs> and I'm not trying to do that today, but Okay, so I remember after I left the abusive relationship, I was, oh, okay, that's when I picked up a job, my first, whew, my, okay, so I got a job, because I was like, all right, single mom, got to provide for my baby, that didn't last long at all, I definitely got a mental, I had, I had a mental breakdown, literally, like, it was so bad, um, yeah, so I was like, you know what? God has called me to entrepreneurship. I'm just going to quit my job. I'm going to take some time to be a mom, to heal, because I definitely need healing coming out of an abusive relationship and jun jumping into a toxic workplace. Yeah, that was a lot. So anyways, um, again, I was like, I just want to be with my father, God. I just need to be by my daddy's feet and let him fix me and heal me because I don't know what's going on in life, but this ain't it. And he has more for me. And so I took time off to spend time with God. But in that time, and this is, so actually I've been saying that I want to go to counseling for, for since I graduated college. So like 2018, I was like, I definitely want to get a counselor. Mental health matters. But I just, 
didn't know how to go about it because it's not something I ever saw my parents do. It's not something that I really heard my parents ever talk about. So I had no idea how to find the right therapist for me, but I knew I wanted a therapist. However, I'd never, I never found one because I just didn't really know what I was doing. But fast forward, me coming out in an abusive relationship, I was like, no, a counselor, a therapist is a non-negotiable. We're going to find one. We're going to figure it out because clearly I need some help here. Because <laughs> how did I end up in a whole abusive relationship? We need to unpack this. So that's when I, I did get a therapist and she was nice and everything. But I just didn't feel like I was seeing the results or growth that I was supposed to be seeing. And so I and she kept bringing up like, oh, do you want to be with your daughter's father? Because that's perfectly normal a lot of people want to go back and i'm like ma'am i didn't bring him up you did <laughs> i don't want to go back to that man why you keep bringing him up i was so confused i was like okay you keep bringing this up these sessions are not bringing me anywhere so i stopped seeing that therapist she was a nice woman but she just wasn't my therapist I actually found my current therapist through Facebook. I put in a Facebook group like, hey, does anybody have a recommendation for a great therapist? And that's how I got connected to the therapist that I have been with now for, ooh, I want to say maybe two years. Maybe not two years yet. Maybe it has been two years almost two years let's just say about two years and she is amazing and I've seen so much growth with her but I'll never forget our first session when I told her about everything that I was dealing with um going to court over my daughter divorce coming out of an abusive relationship moving back in with my parents uh I was probably was I still in the process of selling my house yet I don't know point is I had a lot going on and when I expressed all that to her she was like my number one concern with you is depression and I was like what you mean? I'm here. I'm functioning. How can I be depressed? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> what? Like, it took me aback because I never, nobody's ever spoken that to me or called me out about being depressed. So when she brought that up, I, I was just like, what you, I'm fine. <laughs> what do you mean depressed? Um, but you can be in depression and still functioning. And so many people live life like that. And so I needed her to say that to me. And after we got off our first session, I thought about it. And I was like, yeah, I might be a little depressed, honestly. And I was. And I mean, it makes sense because I had so much going on. But just because she said that, I didn't accept that as my identity. I didn't say, oh, I'm depressed. Depression, this is my life now. No, I knew that there was still work to be done. There was still healing possible. And one of the things that has always irked me, especially as a nurse, because I've talked to so many people that when you ask them about their history, they have depression and anxiety and they like accept that as part of their identity. And no, it doesn't have to be. You might feel anxious. You might feel depressed for a season, but that's not who you are. You do not have to carry those things as part of your name tag. I am excited. I am anxious. I am depressed. No, baby. God has so much more for you. There's healing possible. Do not accept that. Be careful about how you speak about yourself. You can come right up out of anxiety and depression. I'm living proof. Anyways. So my first therapy session, I was just like, what do you mean? What do you, why are you using that word for me? But I stuck with her and we talked through fears and things and she just gave me the tools to really move forward. And another thing that was also adding to how I was feeling in that season was my finances. Cause as I mentioned, um, when I left my abusive relationship, I had negative dollars in the bank account and then 
I started working my highest paying job ever, six figures, all right? And then quit that job so fast because I was like, y'all not about to play my mental health like this because y'all clearly don't care about your employees here. <laughs> Woo, I'm still struggling with my nursing career to this day because the way that we treat nurses is trash and I just can't do it anymore. But anyways, um, so I get into this job. It's a mess. I quit. So again, I'm like, God, I need, I have bills. What they don't tell you about having a baby in America is it's expensive, okay? <laughs> when I got those hospital bills, I was like, wait, they didn't tell me about this. I knew I was gonna get billed from my doctor. I didn't know I was gonna get billed from the hospital too. So when I saw those hospital bills, I was just like, ooh, okay, God, I'm gonna need your assistance here. <laughs> and so, uh, I saw God as Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And I love to share this, but I think it was 2021 and I wrote in my journal, I said, my name is being written on checks I have yet to receive. I put that in writing because I believed it. And that year I saw the most checks in the mail that I'd ever seen in my life. And I believe that I will continue to see more as I move on in life. But at the time I was like, oh my gosh, God is really a provider. Like he is literally sending money to me. Like it was amazing. And that's what I love about um, the faith walk and being a believer and knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior is that you get to see God show up for you as who he is. But I heard this thing and it's like, God has, for every one of your needs, God has a name. And as we go on in life, in different seasons, we have different needs and that's when God gets to show up in different ways for us. So in this season, I really, show, I really saw God show up as Jehovah Jireh, my provider in so many ways. And so that happens and then I just spent so much time with God. Uh, I think 2021 is when I started fasting for the first time because I don't know if I said this, but I gave my life to Jesus Christ at the age of five. Um, I got baptized at the age of 10. So I was very young when I made these decisions, but I was very cognizant as much as I could be as the of the commitments that I was making. However, I was not fully mature and that's where my story and my journey comes in. But I knew Jesus Christ as my savior from a young age. And so, why was I saying that? <laughs> um, okay, I saw him provide. Oh yeah, okay. So when I was in these seasons, I was like, God, you have come through for me time and time again. When I was out here acting a fool, getting into these relationships with these men that I had no business being in, you brought me out time and time again. You fixed my broken heart. You took me out of, of, of an abusive marriage, a situation where some women don't come out of alive. You brought me out. God, how can I love you more? How can I know you more? And I forgot to mention another turning point. So the first turning point in my faith walk was that heartbreaking college. And then the second turning point in my faith walk that pushed me to God again was when COVID started because I was in I was working as a nurse. I was pregnant. The news was going crazy. I saw people all around me dying and I didn't know what was going to happen, what was happening. And I was just like, "Father God, if this is how I'm about to leave this earth in this pan panorama, um I need to make sure I'm living right." So that was another thing that helped me to like push me closer to God. And then coming out of the abusive relationship and just seeing how God brought me through with finances, with legal help, with 
resources with people just seeing how god showed up for me in that season of my life again it was like god i need to know you more i need to know you deeper so 2021 i that's when i started fasting for the first time because growing up as a girl i would see my mom fast or i would realize that she was fasting but we never really had conversations about like what is fasting why do we do it why is it so powerful uh, i think i learned that later on in my adult life so after all that god had brought me through i was like wow there was so many spiritual attacks on my life and i was blind to it but now my eyes are open so yeah we want to work back with the enemy so yeah i'm praying and fasting and not only as an attack on the enemy because praying and fasting is such powerful spiritual warfare as is worship but i also wanted to prioritize the spiritual aspect of my life and really put god first because we talk about seeking your kingdom first put god first but do we really do it so i really wanted to do it and so that's when i started fasting and through prayer and fasting Ooh, it's amazing how God moves. And so I saw that for the first time. And then I remember last year I moved to Florida. That was amazing, but also very difficult because I went back to work again. And I was hoping and believing that I would finally find that relationship that I was supposed to be in. And I did end up reconnecting with an old friend from college. And I was like, surely this got to be the man God has for me because that's what I'm believing for. But it wasn't. And it was crazy because our uh, interactions only, it was a very short period of time that it took place, but I was heartbroken over the fact that we didn't work out. And so, and again, this is all stuff that I talk about in more detail in my book, but last year, um, so I'm back at work again, somehow find myself in another toxic work environment. So add in the stress of work, add in having a broken heart, add in being a single mom and still navigating that all and divorce and then add in living with okay i want to be careful how i say this the real thing to say is add in living with a family member who is dealing with health issues because i won't say living with my family because i love living with my family i'm so grateful that i get to live in my parents home with my siblings all of them but one because my brother has to live in california because he's different but anyways the rest of us we're all here and i love my family i love living with them and it's a blessing but my dad has been struggling with some health issues over the years and it was really affecting each and every one of us and so add in all those things when that heartbreak came for me i crumbled and i went backwards i wasn't fasting i was definitely talking to god but i just wasn't taking my faith seriously i just let the enemy like have me and so that put me in a dark place i went back to old habits talk about this in my book um and i'm not really sure because i don't think i've ever really sat and processed how i got from there to where i am now obviously god gets all the credit but if i had to stop and and tell somebody how did i make it out of that dark place when i knew i had gone backwards i will say i stayed seeking god i stayed listening to worship i stayed listening to sermons i stayed plugged into church communities that feed me uh i was plugged in with community local community uh church community i should be transparent or not transparent but just clear to say church community not just any old buddy um i was blessed that even though my workplace was toxic the other employees were not 
um, my co my colleagues were not. They were some of the best people I ever met. So God put believers around me in my workplace that would speak into me. And then again, it goes back to that therapist. My therapist is amazing. And so when I came to her in tears and again, kind of in shambles and just telling her all that I was going through, she was able to like stand firm and just say like, God has more for you. God is not done with you. And whatever you're in, you're going to come out of this. I'm not even worried. And I think part of why I was able to get distracted like that is because I wasn't focused on purpose and what God had for me. Um, I was just letting all the distractions get to me and all the pressures and stresses get to me. So I crumbled. But my therapist was like, once you figure out who you are in God and, and what God really has for you, all this stuff that you're in is going to come off of you. And she was right. It took some time, but it did. And another thing I want to note is that when I let these distractions happen, when I was in my feelings, I stopped praying and fasting. And so I gradually eased my way back into that. And it's a game changer. Um, I'm really proud of where I'm at right now spiritually. I'm so proud of it. Like I went to a conference, Millions Conference for Kingdom Entrepreneurs in April. And what I love about Millions Conference is that even though it's a conference for entrepreneurs, it's not like, hey guys, we're about to teach you how to market, how to make millions, how to get sales, how to da -da -da -da, how to get systems in place. All those things are important. Don't get me wrong. They really are. But what I love about Millions Conference is that it's all about, oh, you're a kingdom entrepreneur? We got to go to God first. We got to put God first. Your business is not going to be successful apart from God. And just really coming before him and declaring his promises over our life, repenting and renouncing any curses or any just things of enemy that needs that we need to separate from and really just tuning into who we are in God, what he asked for us, what his word says. And what I what really hit me about this year's conference was that it wasn't all about, oh, you need to get this book. You need to get that book. It was you need to read your Bible, everything you need to know is in your bible and so because i heard that i decided i'm gonna read my bible for real you know because i've read my bible over the years i've read through the new testament i've tried to like uh read through the bible but not with really much direction so when i heard that all you need is your bible i was like oh you know let me take this bible reading thing serious because i've gotten very i i feel like at this point in my life i probably have read all of the bible but i want to be able to say that with confidence and so I found this uh, Bible reading plan, read the Bible in a year, literally breaks down every day what you're supposed to read. And I started reading that. And this week I have been consistently reading my Bible for 20 weeks. Um, I missed two days, but I made them up. But 20 weeks strong of reading my Bible. And it has been life-changing, it has been beautiful. I've really been focused on building intimacy with God because I know what it's like to try to build intimacy with broken people. Let me try building intimacy with God. And so I've really been prioritizing my faith. I've been spending time with God every day, reading my Bible, listening to worship, uh, listening to sermons, being so mindful of who I surround myself with, taking time to pause and listen and talk to God. And that has been a game changer. I'm really proud of where I'm at spiritually. Um, and I feel like because I feel like when you do the groundwork spiritually, whatever is going to come out of that physically, like the spiritual lays the the foundation for whatever is going to come in the spiritual before you see it in the physical it's already been established in the spiritual so because i've been doing the work spiritually i'm so excited for what god has for me um i'm so full and i love being full because when you're full that's when you have to pour into others 
And so even though my current circumstances might not be perfect, whew, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to focus on his promises. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep doing the work because he's told he's already told me your labor is not in vain. And so I really wanted to share some of that because your stories, your stories, your story, your testimony, uh, it's so important. And I think God gets really happy when we share our testimonies and who he is and what he's done with other people. So like I said, I could really go into depth so much more about what God has done for me, who he is to me. But I hope that you guys got a glimpse of that today. And I'm going to leave this up. So feel free to watch the replay. Feel free to share this with somebody who needs to hear it or whatever. Thank you guys for tuning in. Go check out the new episode of Get Up 10 Podcast. I'm really excited for what's to come with that. We're going to have a lot of interviews. Um, and on top of my podcast, get ready for my book, get ready for my journal. Um, there's just so much that God is doing. And these are really my purpose babies, things that God has given to me. So I'm so excited to have them uh, realize, manifest, whatever, like the things that have been in my heart and my head that you're going to be able to hold on to them physically. It's so exciting to me. So yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful day, night, whatever, whatever it is, whenever time you're watching this. I love you guys. Thank you so much for all your support and your kind words and all of that. Mm, that's it. Bye. I can decide if I want to wave or do a peace sign. So ignore whatever that was. Okay. <laughs> Bye.